Blog Talk Radio.
the throne of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Father, we come standing before that great white throne, the throne that's been established from eternity, the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance, the angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere, the river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O God. We love to stand before the throne of God. of divine encounter. We want to be 
lover, consumed with flaming fire. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow. The hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was like flaming fire. Its wheels were like a burning flame. Oh, the throne burning with flaming fire. fire flowed from the throne of God. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before the throne. And the court was seated. And the books were opened. The river fire with flaming fire. The furnace of love. Beauty. Raging fire. Raging fire. Raging fire. 
our destiny. This is our inheritance. Oh God, to stand before the great white throne, to be lost in the river of holy fire, holy romance. camp around your throne, O oh God. The place of an abandoned life, standing before the throne forever and ever.
All right, well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. It's about 15 minutes till 11, uh, Central Standard Time. And we just wanted to take some time to worship the Lord. And I want to just thank everybody in the chat room tonight. I know we had Exposing Demons and Cirrus and Falling in Love with Jesus and a few guests in there as well. And just want to thank everybody. For your support and your prayers and just your participation. Also, we wanted to take some time to pray for everybody tonight and just lift up the Lord and just ask His blessings on the show tonight. So, we're going to spend a little time in prayer. I had a few prayer requests, and we just wanted to acknowledge those of you. You know, it's we've been doing this for about 15, maybe 16 months. And a lot of people have been uh, very faithful to come in and out of the show and, and just still stand with Sean and I in prayer and just encourage us along the way. And I just want to thank everybody uh, for that, just let you know that we really do appreciate it. And we really are praying for you. I know uh, not just on the show, but, you know, in our prayer time as the Lord puts you in our hearts and we think about you, we lift you up. And we've put you on prayer lists, and our families and, and some of our intercessors that pray for the ministry from time to time will lift you up. And just wanted you to know that that's really what we're doing here. That's why we want to be here. That's what we believe the Lord has called us to do, is to stand in the gap not only for the nation, for the United States of America, but to stand in the gap for the nations of the earth to stand in the gap for the people of God, the body of Christ, and also to pray for those that don't know him. Maybe you've got friends or family that you're believing God to touch. Maybe they've been estranged from God, they've fallen away, or they're struggling in their walk. You know, we believe that prayer changes things. You know, yesterday actually was the National Day of Prayer, and although it's very celebrated, I guess, for about 60 years now at least. I know uh, many places here in Texas for about 60 years have been celebrating. You know, basically it's the first Thursday of May, and they call it the National Day of Prayer. But you know, I believe every day should be a National Day of Prayer, not only praying for the nation where the people of God get together and lift up the Word of God, declare the Word of God, speak the Word of God, come in line with the Word of God and begin to declare that over yourselves, over your household, over your families, over your friends, over your co-workers and those that go to church or school with you. Begin to pray for your city, begin to pray for your state, begin to pray for your nation, begin to pray wherever you are, if you're international, just begin to pray for those different areas and regions 
that are home to you, that are close to you. You know, the Bible says that we're a peculiar people, that God has called us to be kings and priests in the earth as his people, and we're to be the intercessors that stand in the gap. Not just a few, not just those that are labeled pastor or reverend or minister, not just those that are the deacons and the bishops of the church or those that have ministries in church or out of church on the radio or on television, whatever the case is. But if you're a believer, if you're a son or daughter of the Most High God, then God has called you to pray continually, pray without ceasing. You know, if we go to the book of Second Thessalonians, and I just want to turn there real quick just to share just a little bit, if I can. Let's go into Second Thessalonians. I just want to show you a couple things. I will go to First Thessalonians, I'm sorry. Chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five. And we'll start I guess in uh verse twelve. Chapter 5, verse 12. It says, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. In other words, know the people you're walking with. Know the people that you're submitted to that are your... And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient towards all men. Chapter 15, see none of you render evil for men, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. It says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophecies, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly, and I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who will also do it. He says, brethren, pray for us. And what what's my point here? Let's back up to chapter five verse seventeen. It says, Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In other words, if you're in Christ Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer of Christ, whatever you want to call yourself, okay, but if you're a son of God, if you're a daughter of God and you You've received Christ into your life, and you're full of his spirit. The calling on your life is the call to pray. The calling on your life is the calling to stand in the gap for those that you love, those that God's calling you to. And you know... It's not for an elect few or a select few, but it's for all whosoever will. It's for all who come to the cross. 
We're all called to pray. We're all called to stand in the gap. We're all called to intercede on behalf of our brothers and sisters in the Lord, our families, whoever's around us, whatever sphere of influence that you, you are in. Your job is to be an ambassador for Christ, to be a connector, to be a communicator of the gospel, to connect people to God, to lift them up when they're struggling. And, you know, we all go through things. That's why we need community. That's why we need brothers and sisters. That's why we need people praying for us. No matter where you are in in the scope of things, you need people praying for you. And more than that, you need to pray for yourself. You need to have your own relationship with God. You need to have your own intimacy with the Lord. But he says, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Rejoice always. Rejoice evermore. Now, in the natural, these things seem kind of hard. Depending on your circumstances and what you're going through at the present moment, sometimes it seems hard to do. But this is what God's calling us to do. To come into a higher place with Him. A deeper understanding of Him. And allow us to bring the kingdom into not only our own lives through prayer, through faith, but bring the kingdom, connect people into the kingdom of God through prayer and through watching God move on on their behalf as a result of praying, as a result of standing in faith, as a result of declaring his word and watching people respond to the move of God, respond to the move of the Spirit. This is what we're called to do. This is who God calls us to be. And it's not just something we do necessarily just for the sake of doing it, like, oh, we've got to do our deal. But this is who we're supposed to be. This is who we are. We're intimate with God. We express ourselves to God. We experience God. And out of our passion for Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives us a compassion for people. And out of that compassion for people, We pray and we minister and we share the the hope that we have and then we connect them, bridge them to the Father so they can have their own relationship with Him. See, that spiritual maturity is bringing others up to a place where they can commune with God, where they can hear God, where they can learn how to talk to God and, and trust God for themselves. The Bible says, cursed is he or she or the person that trusts in man. And so we don't want to build codependent Christians or, you know, build up or uh, educate men and women to become codependent on people. We want them dependent on God. But the truth is, is that God uses us all among each other to accomplish his work. But we depend on God. God is our source. God is our friend. God is our helper. God is our shield. God is our provider. He's our healer. He's our victory. 
And those are more than just statements, more than just words. We've got to come to a place where in our own heart of hearts, in our own lives, we trust God for ourselves. Not because the preacher says, or the priest says, or the bishop or the minister or the televangelist or the radio host says so. Because we, we know God. And he expresses that to us in a personal relationship. And so God is calling us to pray. God is calling us here in this ministry to teach others how to embrace God, how to encounter the presence of God, how to get to a place where their hearts are open and yielded and the clutter is out of their lives and out of their spirits, out of their emotions, where they can receive the word of the Lord through the Bible, where they can be so open and yielded to the Holy Spirit speaking to their inner man that they can be led by the Spirit of God in their everyday dealings. And then to take it a step further and be able to express that love of Christ and express that relationship to others so that they can grow in the things of God. And I believe that's why the Lord's called us to this ministry, this radio ministry, this internet ministry. But it's not just the radio that we do. It doesn't matter if we're in the grocery store or we're in the church house or we're on the job or we just see somebody walking down the street that looks like they need a ride or somebody that's carrying too much load, literally, and they need a helping hand. Or maybe they're, you know, going through a doorway with their hands full. They need somebody to hold the door of whatever it is. Maybe they just need an encouraging word or a smile. Maybe somebody just needs a hug. I don't know. But the deal is, is we need to be an expression of God's love everywhere we go. We need to be an expression of God's goodness every place that our feet treaded. And as we become one with God and get in His glory and experience His presence, then we can change the atmosphere everywhere we go. I truly believe that. I've seen it happen in my own life. God used other people in my life at times to help bring certain things to help shift me into gear. And then at times there was nobody, and all I had was the Word of God, the Bible, and and my faith in God to just pray and cry out to God and trust God to just show up, to turn things around. So the reason we talk about prayer so much and the reason we talk about the miracles so much is we, we've got firsthand experience. We know in whom we believe. We know him. I've been around Sean for 20 years. Sean Holmberg, the guy that does the other, uh, every other night he's on, more or less. And every other night I'm on, give or take. It just depends. But I've been around this brother for 20 years. I've seen how he is with his family. I see how he is at work, in the workplace. I see how he is in and out of church. I see how he is in the grocery store. It it doesn't matter where this guy is. He has a passion for Jesus. He loves God. 
I know it's real. Now, I'm not saying I'm with him every minute of the day, but you can tell that he hasn't, he's had an encounter, he's experienced God on a certain level that's transformed and changed and affected his life to where he is letting God use him to change and transform and affect other people's lives. And like I said, it's not just when he's on the radio. But it's who he is. And I think, you know, as far as I know, he feels the same way about me. But that's that's our heart. Is help raising up the body of Christ, raising up men and women to a place where they can be effectively used by God, but they can also enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. They can also enjoy the blessings of God and the benefits that come with being a king's kid, that come with being a friend of God, that come from being a child of God. So I want to pray for you. And I want to pray and just ask God to show up tonight and to do what he wants to do. Well, Father, we just say you're a good God. You're the one true living God, God of the universe, creator of all that El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, and there's none like you. There's none like you, Lord. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just ask, Lord, I join together with my brothers and sisters that are listening tonight, and anyone that's listening tonight that may not know you. Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself in a real and living way, in a genuine, real experience in the hearts and the minds and the lives of the men and women, people that are listening tonight. Father, I pray your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. I pray that you would have your way, Father, that you would have your wishes, whatever you desire, Father, that you would work in us tonight, Lord. You would speak to us tonight, Lord. You would teach us your word and teach us your character tonight, Father. And Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, show us how to apprehend the blessings and the promises of God. Father, I pray that, Lord, you would bring a humility over myself and and over your people so we can stay humble and yielded and open to your spirit. Father, I pray that you would do what only you can do, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, touch people tonight, show up tonight. Lord, let your presence be manifested. I pray that people would encounter your glory tonight. I pray, Father, that there would be a change in the atmosphere, Father, wherever they're at, whether they're in their office or their house or or out and about or just listening on the phone or driving down the road or wherever they are, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would touch them in a real living way, Lord. Come, kingdom of God. Come, will of God be done tonight. Just as it is in heaven, Lord, let it be done in the earth. Let it be done in our lives. Let it be done in our families. Let it be done in our workplaces, in our schools, Lord. Let it be done in our churches, Lord. Your will be done. Your kingdom come, Father. We pray for our 
our cities tonight. We pray for our, our state and our nation. And, Father, we pray for the nations of the, the earth, the four corners of the earth, Lord, that you would touch every man and woman by the power of the Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you would reveal Christ Jesus as Lord, that, Father, they would all have an understanding. They would all have a revelation of the cross of Jesus. And Father, I pray for those that are faithful to us, Lord, that are faithful to join with us in prayer. I pray for Cyrus tonight, Lord. I pray for falling in love with Jesus. I pray for our guests. I pray for Brother Reno, Lord. I pray, Father, for our sister in Singapore, who's not on tonight, but I pray for her anyways, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, for Minister Grock and Sister Sherilyn and all those, Father, that are just giving of themselves to, to build your kingdom and to labor for you, Father. Lord, touch people by the power of your spirit. Lord, touch them deep in their hearts. Change and transform their lives. Father, I just ask, Lord God, that you make yourself known. Father, whatever they're going through, Lord, I pray that you give them a solution for their problems. That, Father, you would turn their circumstances. Lord, that you would help them to overcome, Lord, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Father, you said that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Father, touch every person listening tonight and reveal yourself. Reveal your heart in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I want to put on one more song just because I I just, listen, I'm a worshiper, guys. I love to worship and it's not about my message or what I have to say, and, and I will share the word of the Lord tonight. I will share the Bible. We'll get into God's word a little bit, probably. Well, we will. We'll get into his word. But I just want to worship a little bit so the Lord can just work on your heart. So if if you will, just, just focus and tune in and and let the Lord work you over. Let the Lord move you by his Holy Spirit. Let it not just be an entertaining thing to listen to the music, but literally just get lost in the worship, get lost in the presence of God and and encounter him tonight. Look, God can do more in a couple seconds, in a couple minutes of being in his presence than an hour of preaching, an hour of teaching, you know, and we've got to have the word of God. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about that. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. But His presence, we're changed by beholding Him. We're changed by encountering His presence. It'll transform our lives. So if you're thirsty and you're hungry for God, just allow Him to touch you tonight, okay? And we're gonna we're gonna break for a little bit of music, just get lost in the worship, and then we're gonna come back and just get into the word. But get in his presence. Open up to him. Let him strip the layers off your heart. You know, sometimes we can harden our heart. 
We can let offenses come in. We can let bitterness come in and unforgiveness and resentments and, and different things come in. And before you know it, we just get numb to God. We don't feel him anymore. But let him come in today. Let him come in tonight. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are
Uh, well, praise God, we're back. 
just wanted to take some time, you know. Uh, that song, All Who Are Thirsty. It's actually a Misty Edwards song. Uh, she's a worship leader up at the Kansas City IHOP, which is in Kansas City, Missouri. And, um, you know, let me uh, actually read a little bit. I guess we'll go Isaiah tonight to give you a little bit of background. Uh, So Isaiah 55, it says, Everyone that is thirsty, come to the waters. And that's where they got this uh, song that we just listened to. Does everyone that is thirsty come to the waters? And you who have no money, come ye and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Verse 2, why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not? You know, God's calling us to a higher place. See, he's got bread. He's got provision. He's got new wine for us. He's got everything that we need to sustain us, everything pertaining to life and godliness. God will provide it to us, and we don't have to spend a lot of money on it. We don't have to work ourselves to the bone for it. If we'll just listen, you know, a lot of times I think the big confusion that we have is we do our deal, And then we ask God to bless our deal. Instead of listening to God and doing what God says to do and enjoying and experiencing the blessings of God. Now, we all go through trials and seasons. We all go through fires. We all go through circumstances. And, you know, as long as we're in the world, there's going to be tribulation. Jesus said, be of good cheer. Because as long as you're in the world, you're going to have tribulation. It's just it comes with the territory. But I think a lot of stuff that we face, a lot of headache that we go through, a lot of heartache that we go through is unnecessary roughness. And not the movie, but unnecessary circumstances because we don't listen to God. Because we don't obey God, we don't do what God says to do, or do we don't do what God says not to do. And therefore it brings a lot of issues and problems in our lives. And so he asked this question in chapter or verse 2 of chapter 55 of Isaiah. It says, why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and your labor? Why do you work so hard for that which satisfies not? Why do you work so hard and then you're not satisfied? And then he says, hearken diligently unto me. In other words, listen and do what I tell you. That word hearken? means listen and obey. That's what the word hearken means. It means listen and obey, more or less. He says, listen diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. In other words, you're going to eat the good stuff, and let your soul, let your mind, let your will, let your emotions delight itself in abundance, in a richness. There's an abundance and a richness for your emotions. There's an abundance and a richness for your soul.
And God desires, listen to this, verse 3 says, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Let's skip down for a minute to verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and God will have mercy upon him. Return to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven returns not, but it waters the earth, and it maketh it bring forth, it makes the, the earth to bud, it's fruitful, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11 of chapter 55 says, So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, instead of a briar, a myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for his name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. What's he saying? Look, if you'll just listen, if you'll just seek God, if you'll just obey God and walk humbly with God, then he'll bless you. He'll give you abundance. Whatever you touch will prosper. The problem is, as we do so many things that get us out of the plan of God, we do so many things that are so far removed from what God is calling us to do that it creates a lot of problems and a lot of mess and stress in our life. But God says, if you'll return to me, if you'll forsake your wicked ways, if you'll just turn to me, then I'll have mercy on you. If you'll just turn this thing around, I'll bless you and I'll pardon it. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. In other words, you're not going to be able to figure it out. You're not going to be able to get a handle on it. You're not going to be able to think through it because it's going to go beyond your reasoning. It's going to go beyond your understanding. And there's no way possible you're going to figure out what God's really got in mind because you have no idea how he's going to do it. But you know what? He's faithful. And if he says he'll do it, guess what? He's not a liar. He's not slack concerning his promises. You know, when Lazarus was in the grave and he was dead, and he was so dead that his, his you know, they couldn't even stand to be in the same room because it smelled so bad. Listen, they all thought Jesus forsook him. They all thought, Jesus, oh, Jesus, if you just would have got here earlier, everything would have been all right. But, you know, Jesus wanted a, a chance to explain to them, hey, I'm the resurrection here. I'm not just the healer. I'm the resurrection. Now, he could have came in and healed Lazarus before Lazarus died. But, you know what, he wanted to show himself strong. And, you know, sometimes we're waiting for a healing 
And God just wants us to die to some things so he can resurrect us. Sometimes we're waiting for God to come in and fix all our problems. But, you know, God wants to use our problems in our life to to kill a few things in us that don't need to be there and to bring us to a place of humility and bring us to a place of surrender. And then he can be the resurrection in our lives. God wants to be the resurrection. Sometimes we get in such a a mess and we look at it and we just think, Lord, if you just would have done this quicker, I wouldn't be in such a mess. But see, we don't see the end from the beginning. We don't understand what God's going to do. It's not over yet. We haven't we haven't arrived yet. We haven't seen God, you know, whatever he has planned for us yet. Understand his ways are not our ways. The way God thinks is nothing like we think. We're still busy trying to ask God to bless our, our ideas and, and our good intentions and, and all the things that we plan for ourselves. Oh, God, just bless us. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. But you know what? The whole time you're saying, God, bless my plan, God's saying, obey me, son or daughter. Do what I say, son or daughter, and then you'll be blessed. You know, we we still want to focus on Jesus' sacrifice and what he can do for us. And God is, is looking to us saying, what, when are you going to sacrifice and lay down your life and take up your cross and follow me? When are you going to give me yourself? And a lot of people, they don't want to hear that. Because they're still sitting on their blessed assurance, going to church services and going to meetings and, and getting on radio shows and TV shows trying to figure out how God's going to bless them. What God's going to do for them when... God the whole time is waiting for you to do something for him. And when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, which means we have to forsake our wicked ways, then all these things are added to us. And he's waiting for us. We're always we always think we're waiting on God. Oh God, we're we're just waiting for you to do something. And God's up there in heaven saying, well, you're going to be waiting for a long time because I'm waiting for you to do something. And God's waiting for me to do something. God's waiting for you to do something. All of us to do something. He says, if you be willing and obedient, then you shall eat the good of the land. And a lot of us are willing. Yeah, we want to. Sure, we want to eat the good of the land. Sure, we do. But are we going to come to a place of obedience? Are we going to come to a place of sacrifice? Where we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? God says, this is your reasonable service. And you've heard me say this a thousand times. God isn't saying anything that's unreasonable. He says, look, son or daughter, What I ask of you is reasonable. It's fair. 
And the problem is, is we think it's not fair because we're so carnal in our thinking. And I'm right there, trust me. There's many times when I mope and complain and get upset and offended and think, well, God, if you just would have done it this way. And then God's got to bring me back to a reality check and go, you know what? I don't do things your way. I do things my way. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And so, you know, sometimes God uses even the circumstances in our lives to check us, to show us what's inside of ourselves, to show us how out of step we really are with God sometimes and how out of tune, out out of focus our lives are with the kingdom of God. That's why we've got so much turmoil most of the time. Because we're so out of whack And God's doing everything he can To to get us in place God is trying to position us For his purposes So when we purpose ourselves To do his plan It brings blessing and greatness in our lives But part of that is is the character part too Not just the, the goods Not just the good stuff You know, we want God to give us everything he's got, and God's running to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are fully his, looking for people that will give him everything. Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, everything that's in you. Let it praise the Lord. Let it bless the Lord. Give it unto God. How different our theology is from God. How different our our philosophies and our mindsets are from from what this Bible really says most of the time. Sometimes God can put you into place. Sometimes God's going to shake you and wake you and then put you into place. It all depends on how misaligned and misinformed and out of tune you really are. See, this this Bible, the Word of God, is kind of like a tuning fork. It's kind of like a a measuring rod. It's it's a guide. It helps you line things up. It judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It separates the spirit and the flesh. It, it, It separates the carnal mind from the spiritual mind. And it shows you how much of yourself is God's. And how much of yourself is still full of yourself? And a lot of people are just full of themselves. But we need to get full of Him. We need to get full of the Holy Ghost. We need to get full of His Word. I'm just in one of those crazy moods tonight where I just feel like telling the truth. You know, telling it like it is. It might be hard preaching. Some people don't like that. You know, there's fools out there that say in their heart there is no God. There's fools out there that think that their way is right, but the end of it is death. There's foolish people out there that think they can do whatever they want, 
And praise God, I got my fire insurance. And they don't think there's going to be any repercussions or any circumstances or anything that's going to come into their life. But see, the Bible says, don't mock God. Do not mock God, because whatever a man reaps, that he sows. Whatever you put out there is going to come back. If we're going to believe the Bible, believe all of it. Not just the good part, not just the blessing part, not just the heaven part, but realize that, you know, if you're going to believe the New Testament, you better start checking out the Old because 90% of what Jesus taught was actually Old Testament. And I'm not all about the law, the law, the law, but you know, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not do away with it. He was the fulfillment of it. He finished it. He completed it. His his stipulations were harder than the law. He says, if you hate somebody in your heart, you're guilty of murder. How hard is that? I mean, that's rougher than if you kill somebody, you're guilty of murder. Now, under the, the new covenant, if you hate somebody, you're guilty of murder. That's It's a lot tougher deal. You know, that's why Jesus said, take up your cross, deny yourself, deny your flesh, deny your carnal thinking, because your carnal mind is enmity with God. Your carnal mind is an enemy of the kingdom of God. You're you're conformed to God. He says, be not conformed to to the world. Be not conformed to the worldly mindsets and the fleshly lusts. But he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hide the word in your heart so you don't sin against him. Let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be pleasing and acceptable to God. And we're all called to this. We're all called to to this kind of living. And we all mess it up. We all blow it. We all make mistakes. But you know what? The more we get his word in us, and the more we start to listen and pray, the more we start to yield ourselves to the spirit of God, then the more we'll get in his glory, and the more we'll experience his presence, and the more fruitfulness and godliness and kingdom-mindedness will come in and out of us, And God will get glory out of our lives. That's his plan. He wants to get glory out of your life. If you're a child of the king, if you're a son or daughter of the Most High God, God wants to get glory out of your life. That's his plan. You're a vessel, an earthen vessel. He wants to pour his glory into living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's what he desires. But you have to allow him to pour his spirit into you so that you can pour his spirit out of you. Whatever's in you is going to come out. Whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Whatever comes out of your mouth is going to come into your life. 
That's why it's important we get the word of God in our hearts and we start to do our best to conform our thinking like God's thinking. Well, how do we do that? Read the Bible. Do what it says. Get that word in you. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let the same attitude that was in Christ be in you. Well, how do you do that? Hide the word in your heart. Hide the word in your mind. Get so full of this word. Meditate on it day and night, God says. And it's not about legalism. It's not about works. It's about being so full of the things of God that the only thing that comes in and out of your life are the things of God. Give no place to the devil. There's a reason Jesus said, he has nothing in me. See, he said the enemy had nothing in him. Yet he knew what was in men's hearts. He says, give no place to the devil. Why? Because you're only supposed to give glory and honor and place to the Lord. Why? Because it's God's desire that only the things of God come in and out of your life. So praise the Lord. Look, I'm going to break for a song. Just a little bit of worship. This is Prayer International Radio. If you need to contact us, we're at www.prayerinternational.org. Want to call in? 619-638-8458. If you need to email us, we're at prayer at prayerinternational.org.
right, well, welcome back to Print International Radio. You know, I just can't get enough of the worship, and hopefully you guys feel the same way. You know, sometimes people really enjoy it. Sometimes they get on here because they want to hear a word. Sometimes people love to just worship God. But you know, this is the deal. Look, when we get to heaven, guys, we're going to be worshiping God. When we get to heaven, we're going to be praising them day and night. In fact, the Bible says a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. So there's just going to be this continual worshiping of God. And, you know, I'm sure there's other things going on in heaven. But, you know, I have a feeling that we're going to be hearing worship music all throughout the day, all throughout the night. And it's just going to be a part of everything that goes on there. Get to a place where you love to worship God. Get to a place in your life where you love to praise God. Make that a consistent thing. Make that a staple in your diet, so to speak. You know, if you ever heard that term, uh, the staple in my diet, which means something that you consume or, or eat on a consistent basis. You've got to get to a place where you love praise. Now, don't get to a place where you're just entertained by it and you love it so much that, you know, you put your your faith in God and your experiences in God aside. But, you know, God wants us to encounter his presence. He wants us to embrace his Holy Spirit. God is a tangible, living, active, breathing God And he wants you to feel him throughout your life. He wants you to experience and encounter him on a day-to-day basis. Now, I'm not saying to put your faith in feeling. Yeah, I got you. I can do Psalm 91. Let's do Psalm 91. And you know what? Sunday night, I'll probably teach on Psalm 91 in depth because we've only got about four minutes. But that's one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 91. So let's get there. And it starts out, He who dwells in the secret place, or he who dwells in the shelter, The secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Are you dwelling in the secret place? Are you dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty? Is God's shadow on your life? I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. If you're in God, he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. He'll deliver you from the traps of the enemy. He'll deliver you from the the pestilence and the disease and the things that are out there, the plagues that are out there. He'll deliver you because you're his child. 
Verse 4, he will cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall you trust. Jesus said like a mother hen gathers her chicks, so the Lord gathers his children under his wings. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Get the word of God in your mouth and it will shield you. Get the word of God in your mouth and it will be your buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the sorrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at that noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you see and behold the reward of the wicked. In other words, when the wicked are getting their reward, you're just going to see it because you're trusting in the Lord, because you're walking in righteousness. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. See, when we make God our refuge, when we make the Lord our habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stones. You won't even stub your toe if you're listening to the Lord. But if you disobey the Lord, you might stub your toe, so be careful. Got a funny story about that I'll share uh, in a couple of days. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Do you know his name? Do you know God's name? If you do, he'll deliver you. If you know his name, he'll set his love upon you. If you know his name, he will set you on high. And he says this, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. If you're his child, you can call and he will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's Psalm 91. Father, we just pray your protection over the truth. Right? We pray your protection over your people right now. And Lord, we just speak your blessing and your love over everybody tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.